welcome to the broadcast of Crosstown Church of Memphis. We are a church that is Christ-centered, diversity-driven, and community-committed. A church that's bringing people together, sharing God's message of hope, love, and service. We seek to love God, love people, and serve the city. We welcome you to our broadcast with Pastor Byron Fitzpatrick. Last week we started a new teaching, a new teaching series titled uh, Finding Direction. And Today, we're on part two of that, and that the title, subtitle, for those of you that are going to be taking notes, is titled uh, Step by Step. And so last week when we started this uh, message, you know, one of the things is that we're talking about is finding direction, making decisions. You know, our lives tend to take turns uh, from time to time, take us in different directions. And sometimes when that happens, we, we struggle in trying to make the right decision. We struggle in finding direction. And so the series is helping us to find, you know, figure out how do we find direction, especially when it comes to God, you know, what is it that God wants us to do? You know, as a pastor, one of the things that I get so often from people, one of the questions that I get so often from people, and that is, how do I know what God wants me to do? And I'm sure many of you probably have asked yourself that time that, you know, ask yourself that question and ask God that question, you know, what is it that he wants you to do? Because there's times in our lives, we come to these places that we have to make these decisions. And we just want to do God's will. We want to do what God wants us to do. We want to make sure we're making the right decision. And so, so often we don't know what to do, you know? So we ask God, you know, how do we know what God wants us to do? We ask God, what does he want us to do? You know, I find, uh, you know, how do I find out which direction do I go? And that is a challenge sometimes. You know, there are some key phrases I want to give you guys today. Again, if you're taking notes, um, write these things down. And key phrases is this, or key phrase is this, the decision you make today will determine who you become tomorrow. And uh, some other sub phrases to that, or other phrases that kind of go along with that is, is this one. In other words, we make decisions and our decisions make us. Decisions that you make in life, you will find that those decisions will also make you, whether they're good decisions, whether they're bad decisions, you know, they will determine who we become in the future. Now, here's another phrase I want you guys to write this down too, and that is your lifestyle will determine your lifestyle. You know, I know that might sound kind of strange, but listen to it very carefully and you'll find the, the truth that's in there. Your lifestyle, the way that you're living your life, it will determine your lifestyle. And so our choices, our decisions, the directions that we make in life are, are extremely important. And making these decisions today you know, is, is, is one thing. Um, how do I say this? Um, okay, here, I'll say it this way. Making decisions today, and for some of you people that are like my age and older, y'all can really, really relate to this. Making decisions today seems to be far more difficult than what it used to be in the past, especially for our younger generation today. So Brianna, uh, uh, Kaylin, uh, Chastity, who else is young on here? Me, I'm young. But anyway, for young generation, for the younger generation today, Brandon, what you laughing at? <laughs> but 
for the younger generation today, it's it's it seems like it's much harder. It's far more difficult in making decisions as it, as it used to be when we were younger. When we were younger, we didn't have uh, uh, so many options. You guys have so many options. The younger generation, they have so many options today. And so making decisions, making the right decisions, you know, it, it becomes more of a challenge. It's more difficult to do so. You know, uh, younger people today, you, you younger guys that are on here today, you know, uh, you travel in ways that we never traveled before. You know, we used to go on vacations. All of our vacations as a kid, you know, was going out of town to a family's house to visit family. Young people today are taking vacations and take and traveling. They're going to the beach. They're going to other countries. They're going to, you know, Cancun. They're going to the Caribbean. They're going all over the place, you know, traveling. It's like, man, I didn't do that when I was when I was young. I was going to visit family. That's all our vacations was. You guys travel differently. You know, when it comes to communication, the way that you communicate is far more different you know, you have far more, far, far more options when it comes to communicating than we ever had. Uh, when it came to communicating, we had to talk to each other face by face to face, or we had to pick up a landline phone to talk to somebody, or we used to write letters. How many of y'all remember writing letters? You know, we used to write letters to people. You know, you write, you want to get a message to find somebody, you want to tell somebody something, you write them a letter, go to the go to the post office, get a stamp, lick the stamp, put it on the mail, put it in the mailbox. And the mail delivery back then would probably take a week, you know, at least on the average, not a couple of days like it do today. And it'd be a while and it'd be a while before you hear back from somebody because you would have to wait for them to write you a letter and send it back to you. Right. And so, uh, oh, I'm people are jumping in. OK. And so the communication is far different than what it used to be. You know, when I when, when some of us older ones coming up, you guys today have so many options that we never had. You know, y'all got. Uh, cell phones, y'all got FaceTime, y'all got chatting, y'all got uh, Messenger, direct message, y'all got all kinds of ways of communicating that we never had. Y'all got options, you know. When it comes to jobs and careers, you guys got far more options than we ever had. You know, for us, it was like work at McDonald's, you know, get a factory job. You know, if you was if you if you was lucky enough, you know, you get a job in you know, in a, in a business office or something like that, you know, or nursing and medical. So our options, you know, we didn't have as many options. Uh, so for jobs and career today, it's like, it's like unlimited, you know, there's so many different things that you can do so many more options. And, you know, these things, they can have, uh, 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 you know, they can be delivered in so much more faster. Things can be delivered to us so much faster than what they like food, man, everybody doing DoorDash, you know, we used to be at home, man. If we didn't have no food at the house, we had to figure out how we're going to get the food. You know, somebody got to get in the car and they got to go drive. You know what I'm saying? Or if you didn't have a car, you got to get on a bus, you know, go go to the grocery store on a bus. And uh, for some of y'all get to come from around my area, you remember we had these jitneys, you know, get a ride from a jitney or something like that. But anyway, you guys don't even have to leave the comfort of your own house. You can sit in your house. You want to watch a movie and say, hey, what do we want to eat? Get on your app. Type it in and then the food will be at your door in a few minutes. You know, y'all got y'all just got all types of options, unlimited ways of doing things, unlimited options. You know, when we were older, we didn't have all these options. Right. And so because of this, because of this, there's this there's this uh, thing about making decisions So your decisions in life. And, and this thing just goes uh, far more. You know, it's, it's much larger than what I just shared with you. You guys have so many options in life today, far more options than we ever had. And, and those options can sometimes be challenging. 
those choices that you have to make can sometimes be challenging because there's just so many. You know, if somebody put three things in front of your uh, face and tell you to pick one, okay, oh, it's easy to pick, but put a hundred things in front of you and tell you to pick the right one. It, it becomes far more difficult. So if you can understand what I'm saying, you know, here in this in our society today, you know, another reason that people have a hard time and it's a challenge so forth making decisions is especially for the young people. So I'm speaking to you young people, uh, you young people that's on here today. I'm speaking to you, you know, right now. And that is, here's another thing, is this illusion of perfection. There's this thing called the illusion of perfection. I'm gonna explain to you what that is. Growing up, you know, we knew, we knew when it comes to our family and our friends, the kids on our block in our neighborhood and stuff like that, we knew how perfect or imperfect, you know, most people, their fam, our families and our friends were, you know, we didn't know everything, you know, but we knew to, cert to a certain extent how perfect or imperfect people's lives were, right? We spent a lot of time in each, in, in each, in people's homes. We spent a lot of time in our family members' homes. We spent a lot of time in our friends' homes. And likewise, they spent a lot of time in our homes. You know, that's how we spend some time together. We go to our friend's house. We go to the neighbor's house. We go in for a little bit, especially if their parents weren't at home. You know, we raided the house, you know, and we hung out in the house and we hung out outside. We, so we spent a lot of time in each other's lives in a very personal way, you know, in each other's homes and different things like that. So we knew we had a glimpse of reality into their lives. We had a glimpse of reality in, into, you know, how perfect or imperfect they were. We knew, you know, who had nice furniture. We knew who had the nice cars and nice clothes and nice toys. You know, you go to somebody's house, you're like, ooh, y'all got some good toys over here. I want to come over here and play, you know? And, and we knew if you, if you had a, a, a you, we knew if you had your own bedroom or if you were sharing a bed with two, three, four other people, we knew that, you know what I mean? Uh, we knew if you had roaches in your house or somehow you was able to figure out how to keep roaches out of your house. We these were things that we just knew that we had more of a personal, intimate or personal insight, a, a glimpse into people's lives far more than what people have today. You know, because of this different type of social interaction and also because of social media, most young people only have a snapshot into the real lives of their peers. When you think about some of your family members, when you think about some of your friends and some of your peers and so forth, you only have a snapshot in, in, to, in most of their lives. You don't have the real reality of uh, or a glimpse of reality about what it is that, you know, uh, uh, on in their lives on a personal level. You know, they only see you only see, you know, people only let you see what they want you to see. So as like, during when our times, we were spending time in people's houses, hanging out with them and stuff. Y'all spending time laying in your bed with your phone FaceTiming each other, you in your bed, they in their bedroom or whatever, and y'all FaceTiming. And so FaceTiming somebody, you know, you can control what people see. You know, if I don't want them to see something, I'll make sure that's not the angle or that's not the room or that's not the place we're going to be at. And y'all be just like y'all be talking and having fun and joking, laughing, doing gossiping, whatever you do. We did that in person. You guys are doing it on the phone, you know. And so uh, uh, what people post on social media, what people are put, putting out there, videos, pictures and everything like that, people can control what they want you to see. And that's what you see. And what happens is we get this false illusion. We get this false uh, perception of the reality of, of people's lives. And, you know, again, you only have a snapshot into people's lives, you know, something that we necessarily didn't have. So a lot of young people, they have this illusion of this perfection. Uh, uh, that other people's lives are somehow more perfect or perfect 
or better than their own lives. You know, you see somebody taking pictures of, you know, they out somewhere and they they got they they at a restaurant and they're taking pictures of their dinner. You know, they're taking pictures, they're out somewhere having fun. They're taking pictures of them doing this or doing that. And you see that all over social media or your friends are FaceTiming you like, we outside, we outside, you know, and, and you have this illusion of this perfection of people's lives that's not really what it is. It may look good the way it's being presented, but in reality, on the other side, it, it could be far different from that. All right. So here's this other thing, too. As Christians, we have what we call um, God's perfect will. Does anybody know what God's perfect will is? Because if you do, please let me know. I'm still trying to figure it out, right? I'm still trying to figure it out. What is God's perfect will? We know in the Bible it says that God has a perp, a good, bad, and acceptable will. A, a good, perfect, bad, and, uh, no, a good, perfect an acceptable will, not bad will. No, that's wrong. Okay. A good, perfect, and acceptable will. What is God's perfect will? We're constantly trying to figure out what God's perfect will is, especially for our own lives. All of us, we want to know what God's perfect will is. You know, for example, you know, a lot of people, they want to, they don't want to miss that perfect person that they're supposed to marry because God has someone created for each of us. God has someone for you. And that person was created and designed just for you. And, and we, we're, we're afraid that we're going to pick the wrong person. We're going to miss God's perfect will for the person that God has created for us, the person that we're supposed to marry. So what happens if we pick the wrong person? This is a tough decision, y'all. I'm trying to find some direction. What happens if I pick the wrong person? If I pick the wrong person, will I somehow mess up God's marriage system? If I pick, if I pick the wrong person, because if there's one person there for me, if I pick the wrong one, this whole his whole his whole marriage system is all messed up now, right? Yeah, that's what's gonna happen. So because people are afraid of making the wrong decision and missing God's perfect will, they won't make no decision at all. And, and it comes with our lives. Sometimes we're afraid of making the wrong decision, and because we're afraid of making the wrong decision, we won't make no decision. How many of you know that making no decision is making a decision? Even not making it when you don't make a decision, you are making a decision. Amen. You know, so today, this is what I want to do. I want to talk about how we grow in our decision making. How do we move to a place where we can make better decisions or how to find direction? That's the title of the series, Find a Direction. Grow to this place where we can truly find some direction in life. Amen. When it comes to these decisions that we have to make. And sometimes these decisions are decisions that's going to change the course of our life, or at least change a path, the path of our life, change the direction of our life. And they can even impact the lives of other people. So we want to make sure that we're making the right direction. So how do we grow to a place of making decisions? How do we grow to making decisions uh, when it comes to, you know, should we buy this house or should we stay in the house that we're in? How do we grow to this place where, you know, should I buy this car or what school should I go to? Or even if I should go back to school, you know, should should I stay at this job or should I should I move on, you know, to another job? You know, what do we do with so many decisions? How do I know which one is the right one to make? How do I know what God wants me to do? You know, I wish I could tell you. I honestly wish that I could tell you guys today that if you keep the faith, keep the faith in God and that God will undoubtedly show you what to do. 
and you will know that you're making the right decision and your life is going to be great and everything's going to work out and it's going to be perfect. It's going to be just the way you want it to be, right? I wish I could tell you that. But if I told you that, I would be lying. Amen. Somebody's a witness to that. If I told you that, I would be lying. So this is what I want to do. I want to look at the scripture today because the scripture, we can find some direction in the scripture. We can find some guidance. Okay. You guys are familiar with the Apostle Paul. I love the Apostle Paul. I say that he's one of my uh, uh, favorite writers in the Bible. Um, he wrote 13 letters in the in the New Testament. One of the biggest, probably the uh, wrote, wrote, has more writings in the Bible than anyone else. Um, I think the second behind him is probably Moses. But um, I love the Apostle Paul. I believe the Apostle Paul give us the clearest image, the clearest picture of who Jesus Christ is. I also give, I believe he give us the clearest picture on what it is to be a Christian and to live this Christian life, amen, that we're all thriving and striving to try to live. So in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, we're going to look at the Apostle Paul here. We're going to look at into his life. We're going to take a glimpse into his life, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 5. The Apostle Paul writes a letter to the church of Corinthians. And he says this, he's a, a missionary. He travels around to different cities and different re, different cities in the region, different countries. And what the Apostle Paul is doing is he planting churches. He's going around to these different cities and he's, he's establishing these churches. He's training up leaders, training up pastors to lead these churches. And in the midst of that, he's also training them, you know, how to run and operate as, as, as you know, those ministries and what it is to be a true Christian. So this is one of the reasons why I like, I believe that he shows us you know, has to give us the clearest picture on how to be a Christian or what it means to be a Christian, because as he's establishing all these churches, all these people are trying to understand what does all this mean? What does all this mean? You know, how do we live our lives? You know, and so he constantly is sending letters and writing people and, and showing them and giving them direction. OK. And understanding the scripture, he says here, first Corinthians chapter 16, and verse five, he says, I am coming to you. He's writing to the church of Corinthians. He says, I am coming to you to visit uh, you after I have been to Macedonia. He said, for I am planning, planning, key word, okay? He said, for I am planning to travel through uh, Macedonia. He said, perhaps, 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 everybody listen now, perhaps I will stay a while with you and do what? Possibly all winter. He said, perhaps I will stay a while with you and possibly all winter. He says, and then you can send me on my way to the next destination. He said, this time I don't want to stay to uh, make just a short visit and then go right on. So he's wanting to spend a, a longer period of time with them than he did the last time. Okay. He says, um, uh, he goes on here and he says, I want to come. He said, I want to come and stay a while. What? If the Lord will let me, he said, if the Lord would let me, and then in verse number eight, he says, in the meantime, I will stay here in Ephesus until the festival of the Pentecost, there is a whole lot of wide open doors here for some for the great work of God, although many people oppose me. In other words, he's saying there in Ephesus, there is a lot of work here. There's an open door. There's a lot of great work to be done here. So I need to spend some time here. Although there's a lot of people that's against what I'm doing, I need to spend some time here. But when I get done with this, when I move on, he said, I plan on coming there to visit you guys. I plan on staying for a longer time. He says, uh, he said, and perhaps you know, I could stay for a long time and possibly all winter long. He's all, all winter long. Then he goes on and he says, this time, I don't want to just make this a short visit and then move right on. He said, I'm coming. 
I want to come and stay with you a while if the Lord will let me. And in the meantime, in the meantime, I'm going to stay here at Ephesus. I want to ask you guys a question. Does this sound like the Apostle Paul knows 100% what he's going to be doing? No. The Apostle Paul, one of the greatest writers in the Bible, has no clue as to what God wants him to do. He doesn't have this, all, this, all of his plans, all of his steps, everything that he's doing. He doesn't have it all figured out. He, he's one of the greatest writers in the Bible. He gives us the greatest picture of what it is to be a Christian, to live like a Christian, who Jesus Christ is. But here he is. He has no clue exactly of what, what God wants him to do. But here's the deal. He still is serving God in a very effective manner. He's still serving God and making a difference. He's still serving God and making an impact. He said, in the meantime, in the meantime, until I know when I can come there, until I know, you know, how long God's going to, you know, in the meantime, this is what I'm going to do. There's a great work here in Ephesus, and I'm going to stay here and I'm going to continue this work, you know, until this work is done. Then, you know, until God say differently. OK, and then I'm going to come there and visit you guys. And and perhaps perhaps I can stay all winter long. Apostle Paul, he doesn't know exactly what God wants him to do. But in the meantime, he's doing the work of God. He's serving God in an effective manner. He he wants, um, you know, here, here's here's something that I want you guys to understand. God doesn't always tell us what direction to make or which direction to go. We, we wish he would. I wish God would just be very clear and say, okay, here we have, we have a, a, a situation. We have, here's where we at. And I want you to go left. But God doesn't do that. He doesn't give us clear direction. He doesn't tell us exactly what to do. And Apostle Paul, he understood that. You know, we, here's it, we make our own plans. And it's God who directs our steps. So often we're trying to figure out what to do and we're not even making plans. And, and because we're not making any plans, God, is, he has nothing to direct us into because he directs our steps. We make our, we make our plans. In the book of Proverbs chapter 16 and verse nine, it says a man's heart determines what? His plans. A man's heart determines his plans, but the Lord directs his steps. So often God can't even direct our steps because we haven't made any plans. There's something that's before you right now. Some of you are in a place right now where you're trying to figure out what to do. You're trying to figure out, should I do this or should I not do this? Should I go left or should I go right? You know, what should I do? I don't know what to do. And you, you're, you're, you're at that place, that challenge of place of trying to figure it out. And you're not making any plans, but you want God to show you what to do. What you need to do is make some plans. Take that thing, sit down, write it out, think it out, put together some plans and then say, OK, God, this is what this looks like for me. At least to me, God, right now, this is what this looks like. Here's a plan. Here's a plan. I'm trying to figure this thing out. Here's a plan. OK, God, order my steps. Direct my steps, God. What, 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 what should be my next step here, God? So last week we talked about, you know, focusing on who God wants you to be more so than focusing on what he wants you to do. We always pray and ask God, God, what do you want me to do? So don't be focusing on asking God what you should do. Focus on asking God who you should be. When we focus on who God wants us to be, it becomes easier to figure out the why behind the thing. It's easier to figure out why he wants you to do something. 
You know, we want to know what you want us to do. We also need to know why he wants us to do something. Okay, God, here's a situation right here. I got to make a decision. I got to make a decision. But why, God? Why this? Why is this before me right now? Why would this be something that you want me to do? And when we focus on who God wants us to be and not what he wants us to do, it's easier to figure out why he wants us to do. We always want God to show us what to do, but it seems like he doesn't always show us what to do. Amen. At least not so quickly, not so fast that he shows us what to do. He won't always show us the specifics about something, but he will do this. God will give us the wisdom. What God will do, he will always give us the wisdom to decide. Amen. He won't tell us what to do, but he will give us the wisdom to decide. Decide how? Step by step. I told you guys the subtitle of today's message is step by step. He's going to give us the wisdom. He's willing to give us the wisdom to determine, to figure out things step by step. uh, King Solomon. King Solomon, he offered once God uh, one time he offered God a sacrifice. He wanted to offer God sacrifice, you know, and uh, instead of sacrificing one bull, you know what King Solomon did? You can go back to scripture and read this thing. I'm, I'm, we're going we're gonna to turn to the scripture here in just a second on that. He offered God 1,000 bulls. Instead of offering a sacrifice for one bull, which is generally the tradition, this time he decided to offer 1,000 bulls in, his, in a sacrifice to God. God saw this. God saw his generosity. And in the Bible, in 2 Chronicles chapter uh, uh, um, uh, 10, uh, chapter 1 and verse 10, we're going to read there here in just a second. But in his generosity, this is what God does. God gives Solomon a dream. And in Solomon's dream, God shows him all kinds of things and all types of riches, wealth and fame and everything. And God asks him, he said, God, he says to Solomon, Solomon, what do you want? Make a request. Ask me anything. What is it that you want? And in this dream, Solomon, he asked God to give him wisdom to be a good ruler and to be a good king. In the second Chronicles chapter one and verse 10, Solomon says this. <coughs> he says, this. he says, give me the wisdom and the knowledge to lead these people For who could possibly govern these great people of yours? Give me wisdom, God. I'm not concerned about all the riches. I'm not concerned about all the wealth and the fame and everything like that. Give me wisdom. He said, my father, King David, was a great king. He said, I want to be just as great as him. I want to be a great leader like he was. So God, give me some wisdom that I can rule over your people. One of the best things that you could ever ask God for in life is wisdom. We ask God for so much stuff. We ask him for this. We ask him for that. But but we rarely ask God for wisdom, especially when it comes to times of making decisions, when you're trying to determine which direction to go. You know, should you do this or should you do that? When it comes to making decisions, we really need to be asking God to give us wisdom in making these decisions. We need to ask God for wisdom. It's one of the best things that we can ever ask. And one time, one time Solomon, after this, he had this vision, God gave him wisdom. So God rewarded him with this. You know, remember I told you just before this, Solomon offered not one bull, but he offered 10,000 bulls to, to God for a sacrifice. It was, he had a heart of generosity. He had a heart of appreciation and praise for God. So not just one, we won't do a thousand for God, man. This God is so good to us. 
So God, in his generosity, Solomon asked for wisdom. He didn't ask for all the riches and wealth and all this stuff. And God's generosity, returning generosity back to him, he gave him wisdom. The Bible says that Solomon became the wisest man that ever lived, but he also became one of the richest kings that ever lived. Full of wealth, full of fame, full of riches. In one of Solomon's situations, as being the king of, of, of Israel, king of the Hebrews, one of the things that he can't, he can't, he had a situation. There was these two prostitutes. They lived together and they both had a, a young child. One lady had a child. Another lady had a child. And they were roommates. They were one particular night. One of the ladies, her child died in the middle of the night. And so realizing her child had died, she got, she gets up, she takes her baby and she switches it with the other lady who has the living child, right? They both wake up in the morning time. This lady, other lady, she realizes there's a dead baby. My baby is dead. My baby is dead. But she looks at the baby and realizes this ain't her baby. She goes to the other lady and realizes she got her baby. The girl stole her baby and replaced her with her dead baby, right? So they get into a big old argument. They end up somehow ended up uh, before King Solomon. King Solomon, you know, they, they argue in front of him and he's listening to these ladies, you know, going on about this dead baby and so forth. And they got the living child there. So King Solomon said, okay, 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 hold up. This is what we're going to do. He said, bring me the child. So they bring him the child. Then he said, bring me a sword. So they brought him a sword. Solomon said, cut the baby in half. <laughs> cut the baby in half. Like, dude, what are you doing here? He said, cut the baby in half. He said, cut the baby in half, give her half and give her half. All right. So they both have a half of a baby. One of the ladies screamed out. She said, please do not kill the baby. She said, give the baby to her. I would rather for the child to live than to die. King Solomon looks at her and he says, he said, this baby belongs to her. She says, she has a heart for this baby. She's, she, she's not willing to sacrifice this child. She said, this child belongs to her. When the people of Israel heard this, when they heard about this situation, the, the word just spread fast all over, the, all over the country, right? When people heard about this, they knew right then and there that this was a wise man. They knew right then and there that this is someone that they can trust. This is someone that they could follow. They, his popularity when it came, became, when, when it came to him being the king, the leader, the ruler over the Jews, his popularity just shot through the roof. Everybody has so much confidence in him because of his ability to, to dis make decisions with wisdom. Amen. When we don't know what to do, the best thing that we can do is ask God for wisdom. Ask him for wisdom to help us to make the right decision. He will not always show us what to do, but he will give us the wisdom to decide. Amen. So I'm going to I'm going to bring this thing down to a closure here with giving you guys three things to do when it comes to making decisions, when it comes to making wise decisions. All right. So the first thing that you can do is walk. Everybody say walk. Walk. First thing you do is walk. The book of Proverbs, chapter 13 and verse 20, it says walk with the wise and become wise, but associate with fools will lead you to destruction. If you want to be a wise person, hang around some wise people. Amen. If you, if you, if you hang around fools, it will lead to your destruction. We need to walk with people who are walking in wisdom. If you find yourself struggling at times and making the right decision, maybe you should look at the people that you're associating with. Maybe you should look at the people that you're walking with. Remember, remember at time uh, 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 at the beginning, I gave you guys this phrase. And then in the beginning of this, this message, I gave you guys this phrase. The decisions you make today will determine who you become tomorrow. Actually, in, the, in lesson one, I had gave you guys that phrase. The decision that you make today will, will determine who you become tomorrow. The people that you're walking with will have a huge influence on the decisions that you're making. 
So you have this, you have some decisions. You're trying to figure out, you're trying to find some direction on, on different things in your life. Well, the people that you're walking with, the people that you're associating with, they're going to have a, a huge influence on the decisions that you make. You're most likely, most likely you are bouncing these things off of people. You're bouncing ideas off of people. You're bouncing your thoughts off of people, the people that you're associating with, the people that you're walking with, and you're trying to find some direction. Well, those people are going to influence your decision. They're going to influence your direction. You, you're trying to figure this thing out. So you need to do what? You need to walk with wise people. Amen. Choose wisely who you're walking with so that you are being surrounded by people who will help you and influence you in making wise decisions and not foolish decisions. Amen. So number one, Walk, walk with wise people. Amen. The Bible tells us all the time to do what? Seek wise counsel. Amen. Amen. The second thing is this right here. Second thing you need to do, do is ask. Just simply open your mouth and ask. What does Solomon do? Solomon asks. You know, we, we struggle with trying to get wisdom. Everybody want to get wisdom. Everybody want to get wisdom. And we figure out we got to do all this stuff, study and everything. And we should study and all this other stuff, right? But how do you get wisdom? Do what Solomon did. He asked. You ask God for wisdom. Amen. Just simply ask. Uh, um, this, so, so in asking for wisdom, the book of James chapter one and verse five says this. It says, if anyone needs what? Needs wisdom. If you are at a place right now where you're trying to figure some things out and you need some wisdom to make the right decision so that you can find the right direction which to, which to go, what did you do? If, if you are lacking in wisdom, if you need wisdom, it says to do what? It says, ask your generous father, ask your generous God, and he will do what? He will give it to you. If you need wisdom, ask God and he'll give it to you. It's, it's just that simple. It's, it's just that simple. Just ask God and he'll give it to you. Amen. To get wisdom, it's a very simple thing, simple as just asking for it. Ask God not what you should do, but ask him for the wisdom to determine for yourself on what you should do. Amen. God, Solomon didn't ask God if he should cut the baby in half when he was dealing with those two prostitutes who had the, you know, the dead baby and the live baby. Solomon didn't stop and pray and ask God, God, what should I do? God, what should I do? God, what should I do? He had already asked God for wisdom. God had already given him an abundance of wisdom. And so he decided for himself what to do. Bring me a sword. Bring me the baby. Let's cut him in half. You have one half and you have one half. I very seriously doubt God said, Solomon, cut the baby in half. <laughs> I doubt that. But what he did do, God gave him wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. Amen. In order to get wisdom, here's another thing here. In order to get wisdom, you have to spend time with God. So often we want wisdom. We want wisdom. We want wisdom. We want God. But we don't spend no time with God. We don't spend no time with him whatsoever. You know, every blue moon, you know, we spend time with God. And nine times out of 10, when we spend time with God, we, we got a handout. You know, we want something. But yeah, ask for wisdom. When we spend time with God, you know what he'll do? He will guide us. We don't spend enough time with God to allow him to guide us and to direct us. Amen. The book of Psalms, verse 32 and verse 8, it says, the Lord says this. He says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. We're trying to make decisions and we want to make the best decision, right? He said, I will guide you along the best path for your life. And he says, what? He says, I will advise you. I will advise you on what uh, 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 
He said, I will advise you and watch over you. So when we want wisdom, we ask God for wisdom. But in doing so, spend time with him. Spend enough time with him so that he can guide you along the best pathway for your life, so that he can advise you and so that he can watch over you. In order for someone to guide you, you have to be spending time with them. If you're not spending time with them, you're not in their presence long enough for them to guide you, long enough for them to advise you, amen? Long enough for them to watch over you. Third thing is this, and this is the last thing, and that is this, decide, make a decision. So often we we in this place and we just don't, I told you before, not making a decision is making a decision. So decide, make a decision. So we need to walk, walk with pe people of wisdom, walk in wisdom. We also need to ask. And when we ask, God will give us. And then thirdly, we need to decide. Amen. Walk, ask, decide. It's, it's just that simple. It's not rocket science. It's not that hard. Here's the thing. Walking on the right side of the road or the left side of the road, guess what? It's safe. Walking in the middle of the road will get you killed. Does anybody understand that? If you walk on, if you're walking down the street, if you walk on the left side of the road, you're out of traffic. If you ride on the walk on the right side of the road, you're out of traffic. You walking in the middle of the road, you're gonna get squished. You're gonna get killed. Somebody gonna run you over, right? At some point, at some point, you have to make a decision which side of the road you're gonna walk on. You're gonna walk on the right side, you're gonna walk on the left side. Who knows which one is the right one and which one's the wrong way? All oh, depends on where you're going. Okay. But you have to make a decision. Get out of the middle of the road, folks. Get out of the middle of the roads. There's this thing, uh, uh, there are things in, in God's word that are very clear. Things in God's word, when we look into the scripture, there are things that are very clear on what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's bad. Things that are very clear on what we should do and what we should not do. But then there's a whole lot of things that's not so clear. We don't know. It's not black and white. You know, we don't know for sure if this is the right thing or the wrong thing. We don't know for sure if this is good or bad. We don't know for sure, you know, if, if this is something that we should do or shouldn't do. We just can't. It's just not that clear. So what do we do? Whenever there's no real direction on what to do, God, know what he does? He gives us wisdom on what to do. There was nothing written in the, in the law of Moses on cutting babies in half when women are at a dispute on trying to figure out what to do. There was nothing in there whatsoever to tell people, okay, Solomon, cut the baby in half. That's rule number 152. Whenever two women dispute on the baby, just cut them in half. There was no rule on it. It, was very, it wasn't clear, but you know what he did have? He had wisdom. Amen. God will give you some wisdom. Here's the thing. You have to be brave enough to make a decision and trust that it's the right decision. If you don't make a decision, you made a decision. Don't try to make a decision that's going to be the one decision for the whole thing. But you know what you do? Remember the subtitle of the lesson? Step by step. Make decisions step by step, one step at a time one step at a time because this is what happened you got something before you, you're trying to figure this thing out you're trying to find some direction what does god want you to do okay you're trying to figure this thing out just put together a plan make a plan look at it okay and when you're making your decisions when you're deciding decide one step at a time 
you make a if you take take one step you'll know you'll know real soon at some point you're gonna know that was the right that was the right step that decision right there that was the right one okay what's the next step let's 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 decide on this step make another step okay that was the right step that was a good step then the next step make another decision make take another step right you're like oh no i don't think this is the right step right here you know what you do you haven't this you haven't it's the, the thing is not lost yet you, you it's not it's not destroyed because you made a wrong step all you gotta do is just relook it okay that no nah, that, that's not the right step that doesn't seem like the best step so okay god give me wisdom give me wisdom what do i do what do i do god and god will he will show you he will give you wisdom in determining which step you should take amen you make the plans and let god order your steps in closing you're not always going to feel like you're making the right decisions but do what trust the process trust the process step by step one step at a time you never know what god is working out in the present moment and you never know what he's working out in the future but what you can know is which step to take by walking in wisdom if this message was a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry in a financial way you can donate electronically by texting to 84321 and enter the dollar amount you'd like to donate in the message area or you can mail a check or money order to Crosstown Church of Memphis, P.O. Box 40981, Memphis, Tennessee, 38104. We invite you to visit our website at www.wearecrosstown.com for more information about our church. Join us for our next broadcast next Sunday at 10 a.m. Be blessed and be better.